This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. Hey friends, welcome to the Acting Up Podcast, a backstage pass to the life of a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. This week, I want to talk a little bit about medication and insurance. This is a hot, big, crazy topic because there's a lot to cover. Um, And I'm certainly not about to start a whole thing where I'm going to teach you about all the ins and outs of insurance because that would just be boring as hell for everybody, me included. So I figured I would just give you kind of an overview of what it's like to be a working mom, like actor, freelance actor like I am, and uh, getting insurance and what that looks like when you have a kid with special needs who can get covered for certain therapies, but only if you have the right amount of the right kind of insurance. So that's kind of where I wanted to look at. And then I wanted to give you an update on what we're doing medication wise and my opinions about medication in general. And also, uh, I wanted to start by talking a little bit about an audition that I had this week and what that was like for me. So um, I've been doing a few uh, voiceover auditions at home. Most of my uh, voiceover auditions always come through at home, and so I will record those and upload those. So it's not like I've been not auditioning, and I've had a couple of auditions, you know, obviously uh, self-tapes and then going into the casting director. So it's not like this is like a surprise, whatever. But it was my first theater audition in, I think, since I got pregnant. Since I, yeah. Yeah, because I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone in for anything before this because I was having a baby. So yeah, hello theater auditions. So it was kind of a fun experience for me to get called in for something that uh, a really beautiful play. And I felt really excited to get to go act on a Tuesday, as my uh, friend and mentor, Michael Kostreff will say, uh, just taking that moment to go in and just be excited to, to do that work. It was it was really fun. And I got to meet some new people at this theater and meet some um meet the director I'd never met her before and that was really lovely and so that was great and it really reignited that feeling of I was like on a high all day yesterday because I got to go first of all I got to go by myself down to the city in my car and listen to whatever I wanted to listen to I got to focus on my craft I got to sit in front of other people and do what I really truly feel like I was born to do that was super cool and it really made me feel awesome all day Also, I think there was a moment right before I went in, and I think this is an important thing to note. I mean, I have high anxiety anyway. We all know that. But uh, prior to going in, it's very easy to psych yourself out. Very, very easy. Especially uh, if you see some of the other people going in, you start to size yourself up against them, even if you tell yourself not to. And the lovely lovely uh, woman who went in right before me, she was such a sweetheart and uh, absolutely beautiful human being and I remember thinking to myself you know I want to wish her well in my brain because that's something I try to do because what a what a cool thing like if I don't get it maybe she'll get it and that would be awesome so 
this is a big Chicago thing. We really try to send each other lots of good vibes and love uh, to each other as we go into these auditions because we know how hard it is and we know it's basically a needle in a haystack to book something anyway. So you always want to send good love to the people, you know, near you because everybody's in the same boat trying to do the same thing. So anyway, long story short, she was very sweet, sent her, you know, all the good vibes. And then I did something different for myself. I had this weird moment where I was thinking about Jordan and how he was at home and Jackson was at uh, at school at this point and I just thought to myself this is cool because as soon as I'm done with this I get to go home and see him and give him kisses and then I immediately flipped and I switched into focusing on my justification my point of view for this character and sort of fell into sort of a, you know, my actor work, if you will. It's a little boring to talk about exactly what I do. But long story short, actor work right before. And I just got really centered. There was something about the idea that I was leaving to go, I don't know, finish the rest of my life. And that this was this really cool, like, moment within my day that I got to stop and do. That That took the pressure off in a way that I've never experienced. Because I always am like, got to book the job, got to book the job, really want to book it. And that's the opposite of what the job is. The job is not to book the job. The job is to go in there and do your work and tell the truth and be an actor and enjoy it. But we tell ourselves that, but we don't always fall into the ability to do that. Um, And I am an example of that. But today I was, or today, yesterday I was able to do that. And it was a a nice moment. So I, I wanted to share that because I thought that was really cool. I think I did great work for myself. I felt very happy about it. I I left there feeling like I did my job. I talked to another person. I made choices. I took direction. And I had a blast. And that was it. And then I sort of let it go and had a few moments of like, gee, it'd be really nice to hear back. But again, that's just being part of being in this business. Okay, so let's, let's, my point of bringing that up is that I think it's important to recognize that life goes on and even when you have a kid with special needs even when you have a baby in the house even when you're dealing with all the mom stuff that as I keep reiterating for me going back to this what I'm now looking at as my personal self-care this was like a bonus icing on the cake moment of self-care most people think of it as like well auditions are auditions and then booking the job is the icing on the cake for me the auditions are the icing on the cake right now because it gives me my time to go be a creative person which is a delight so that is it's just changed the way I've looked at auditions I guess and maybe that's helpful I don't know. For me, it was really helpful. So uh, let's let's bring it back around to the insurance and medication topics for the day is specifically focusing on Jackson in this particular case. Because I'm a freelance artist. I mean, I when I work. Okay, so when I work in when I work on camera, or when I do voiceover, um, I'm part of SAG-AFTRA, which is the union. When I do theater, I'm or print, actually, it's t- it's te- technically non-union. I'm um, an equity membership candidate, so I can join equity uh, if I would like to. That's the theater union. Print work is always non-union. So there's, there's no union for print work or models or anything like that. So uh, that's a different situation as far as the what you get paid, i.e., what you can also get for insurance. So I I bring this up because if I work enough weeks and work enough hours and work enough bookings, I can technically get 
insurance through my union. <laughs> Unless I'm working all the time, like I have a, a series regular on a show, it's fairly not likely that I'm going to make enough money to be able to cover my whole family. So I always have to buy my insurance through the marketplace. And John, my husband, who, you know, he's also freelance mostly, and most of the stuff he does is not through an employer that is a full-time situation that would give him benefits and therefore would offer insurance. So between the two of us, we go through the marketplace. And also so does Jordan. Now, Jackson is a special case because if he were to go on our insurance, so just to be super clear here, we are in an HMO. If he were to go on our HMO, he would not be eligible to get insurance to cover his therapy, his ABA therapy, or his OT, or his PT, or his speech at any of the places that we prefer. So when Jackson was first diagnosed, we were actually on Medicaid because our income was so low and the, they just sort of pushed us into that. We didn't, uh, we were, we just didn't, we just hadn't, we were in a situation where we just hadn't made enough money. And so we were like, that's fine. It doesn't matter. We have one child. He's fine. It's all good. Everybody's healthy. Who cares? And we were able to keep our, all of our doctors. And we were like, this is awesome. What's the big deal? Until Jackson got his diagnosis. And when he got his diagnosis, Medicaid, <laughs> the only place that they would cover Jackson to get ABA therapy at that point that was the only thing we were really going in for it was ABA even though we wanted OT and speech uh was in Hyde Park and we live in Highland Park and that's like a many 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 mile drive plus that place was not taking new clients new patients so we were on a wait list and it wouldn't have even mattered because we couldn't get him there. So it was just, it was a ridiculous situation. So we ended up making, I think I've talked about this on another uh, podcast, but we ended up making the gut-wrenching decision to dive into our savings and pay for three months out of pocket for Jackson to go have therapy, which was an astronomical cost for those for those three months. Uh, and being freelancers as we are, it was nearly impossible to recoup. So we're still trying to recoup it let's just be honest it's been it, yeah money has is definitely something somebody told me way early on hey if you have a savings account for your kid or like a college fund for him just be aware you're going to be using it now and I remember looking at her like what are you talking about you know what you're talking about oh no she knew exactly what she was talking about there is no savings income you know I was very smart with you know Jackson's money that he gets from his grandparents or whatever and I put it in an account for him that was very specific for him to use you know for college or whatever yeah there's going to be no college fund for him as far as that goes right now because all of the money that we need right now we need it today to pay for this intervention for his therapies now so that we can be sure that he gets exactly what he needs so that he can get to the point where maybe he could go to college and then we'll we will have to worry about that then. For somebody who's a planner, who's a type A person, this is very hard to do. I, I definitely believe in long-term planning, long-term uh, savings accounts and things like that. But in a situation like this, it doesn't, it doesn't work out like that. So you have to deal with what you have right in front of you in the present. And if there's anything that being Jackson's mother has taught me, it's taught me that to begin with. So insurance-wise, what we've had to do is we've had to get Jackson his own policy. So Jackson has a policy, a PPO policy. He, he's the policy holder, even though I pay for it, obviously. But he's the policy holder. And that allows him to 
go and he gets it through the marketplace. We have an amazing broker who helps us with that. Uh, He makes sure that he gets the one that we need and, you know, walks us through everything. And he has his own policy. So he can do, he can go see his pediatrician. He can go see his PT, his OT, his speech. They're all covered. ABA is covered. So just to be really clear, when we start, the very first thing we look at is what is going to be his out-of-pocket max. We really don't care about the deductible. We really don't even care about the coinsurance because we know no matter what, Jackson's going to max out his out-of-pocket max. Whatever that number is, that's the amount of money I'm going to need up front pretty much within the first two or three months of him being in therapy. He maxes it out. I think this year it's just under three grand. It might be like 2800 which is way cheaper than it's been in the past. I think last year it was closer to 4500 And then the year before that, it was something like six grand, seven grand. It was insane. So this year it's a little bit better. And I don't know if this, the policies got shifted or what's going on, but I'm grateful for it. So three grand is a heck of a lot better. Also, his premiums are higher, obviously, because because we have a a PPO. So his PPO is going to give him a a better premium so that we get his out-of-pocket max means that everything is then covered at 100%. So the nice thing is that once we pay that out-of-pocket max, other than the premiums every month, he's covered. Covered, 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 100%. It's an investment at the get-go. We're very lucky. We have some really kind clinics that allow us to pay over time so I don't have while I I am the kind of person who wants to pay it all at once I don't really have all that money at once all the time so sometimes I have to do it in installments so that's kind of how I've been thinking about it and they're very nice and they'll take like you know this amount every month so I do a payment plan and I set that up immediately with them and they're very understanding so long as I pay it so that's great the only person that is not in network with Jackson right now is his developmental pediatrician, who we see about twice a year. Um, And that's just an out-of-pocket expense I can't do anything about. It's not terribly expensive. He's incredibly understanding for people who haven't who don't who have insurance that are not covered by him. We are very lucky to have him. He's a wonderful man. So I just pay that out of pocket and I don't think about it because I I know that in the end it's better to have him around. And the reason we really need him is not only did he do Jackson's initial diagnosis and he's been available to us via email and phone calls is that now that we have Jackson on medication it's important that he go to these six-month checkups and it's important that a doctor is monitoring him of course so let's talk about the medication when we first started I did everything everything that every mom can research and find I did it all I put him on a gluten-free diet I put him on a dairy-free diet dairy casein-free diet originally it was for two reasons one No, sorry, three reasons. One, I was worried because he has a lot of gut issues. Now, gut issues are very common with kids with ASD and ADHD. It's very common. Also, because the gut and the brain are so connected. But two, Jackson also has a little bit of eczema on his arms and his legs. So I thought, well, okay, if this is a gluten issue, this might clear this up or a dairy issue. I thought it might clear it up. And three, there people said that they saw changes in their kids when they put them on these diets. So I thought, well, hey, that would be a great benefit if that worked out. So gluten, when we went gluten-free, we saw absolutely no difference. There was no difference in his gut health. There was no difference in his behavior. And there was no difference in the eczema. We kept him gluten-free and then added in the dairy-free, okay? And so he was gluten-free and dairy-free. I mean, imagine this with a three-and-a-half, four-year-old. It was so easy, let me tell you. I kid, it was a nightmare. But we made it work and we did it. And we did that for three months where we had him on both. Again, 
I started to see things getting better when we added in the dairy-free. So then to double check that the dairy-free was actually the thing where I saw a change in his gut issues. It was really more of his his poop and consistency and things like that. I started to see that change. Did not see a change in the eczema, did not see a change in the behavior. Just wanted to put that out there. It was literally all gut differences. I took him off of the gluten-free to see if that made a difference. It did not. And things continued the same as I had seen them before. So we kept him dairy-free. He is still to this day dairy-free. In the meantime, I had taken him to a naturopath to try to get him whatever he might need as far as, I don't know, like supplements and this, that, and the other. And maybe he needed more, I don't even remember what they put him on, something with his liver and something with, you know, to help these, all these different things. And I I don't know, it seemed like voodoo witchcraft a little bit to me. I'm a fairly pragmatic person. I believe in science and therefore some of this seemed a little out there now. I say that, but I am also the person who is like, hey, I need to bump up my milk production. What do I do? And they're like, fenugreek. And I'm like, okay, that's a natural remedy of blah, blah, whatever. I could go to the doctor and get, I don't know, I almost called it domperium. It's not that. It's, I think it's like, I don't know, what a dom, 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 or, I don't know. There's a, there's a drug you could take that can help your milk, bump your milk up so that you can pump and have more milk and production if you're finding that you have a low supply. But I never took that when I was, when I had Jackson and I would much rather start with a more natural choice. So I say that I'm not, I don't like the natural stuff, but like I do if it really is going to prove to do the job. If it doesn't, then I'm, immediately going to be like, hey, let's actually try some scientific medications. So that being said, I've tried everything. And I really mean pretty much everything with the exception of CBD oil, which has been just touted all over the map as the thing I should do, mostly because they haven't done enough testing on it for kids on the spectrum. Now, if they do, and I see a difference, or if, you know, Illinois allows that to come to through is something he can use that's actually going to benefit him I'd be all over it like you can't even imagine I'd love to try that I think that'd be great but I haven't tried it because I haven't seen enough evidence and enough testing for long-term effects so there we go again I still think that every let me just put this out there I definitely think that marijuana should be legal in all 50 states done okay that being said we talked to the doctor and I asked him you know, what do, we, what do we think we should do? So he started him on a very low dose because they always start on the lowest dose just to make sure to see if there's a response. And with the kids on the spectrum, their bodies tend to handle things differently. Uh, oftentimes, kids who have ADHD have the opposite effect of things. So for example, uh, where Benadryl might actually calm your kid down and make him sleepy, with some kids on the spectrum, some kids with ADHD, it actually amps them up. Where caffeine would actually give you a a buzz it actually slows some of these kids down so it's you never know exactly what medication is going to do so they want to take it slow and see how the effects happen in Jackson's case he had a has a very very intense reaction to any what is it called steroid so they had him on like a, a nebulizer steroid like something where you a breathing steroid and he was off the wall which is very much unheard of. I mean, it's not normal for that to happen. They had him on other steroids where it was clear that that's pretty common for that to happen. But this was like so low dose, they were shocked. When I told this to his developmental pediatrician, he's like, yeah, I'm not surprised. For him to say he wasn't surprised where every other doctor, the the doctor that prescribed it, which was his uh, uh, pediatric pulmonologist and, you know, even his regular pediatrician were like, really? He had that big of an effect? Yes. 
to have the developmental pediatrician be like, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, that's not surprising to me, was like, thank you for understanding because I felt like a crazy mama, like explaining that he really can't be on steroids and we can't give him steroids ever again unless like it's life or death so his behavior changed just to give you an idea his behavior changed so much he was so aggressive and hitting and hitting other kids and crying and meltdowns like it was awful 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 and not like Jackson who's usually a very happy sunny boy we we knew that we needed to start some medication because his sleeping was so erratic and his ADHD was starting to take over. It was getting worse and worse. And we knew that we needed something, but he's too young to even like technically diagnose the ADHD, even though we knew that's where it was coming from. And it was amping up his need to stim. And the stims were then causing him to stay unfocused. And the unfocused was then causing him to have meltdowns. It was just like one disaster after another. So we started him on something called guafacine. Guafacine is a, was originally started as a blood pressure medicine that they realized had some nice effects for kids on who have ADHD because it's not a stimulant. It, it just lowers the blood pressure, takes the edge off. So we started with that it worked okay. I didn't really see much of a response. I didn't see much of a difference. The stimming was still there, but he seemed a little more mellow, which helped. I mean, that helped to kind of keep him focused sometimes. Then he kind of phased out of that working and it and his nighttime sleeping habits, as I explained earlier, were getting really bad. So we had to go back to the doctor and this was over a course of time of trying different things and trying different dosages of the guafacine and it just wasn't working. So the doctor came up with a new plan and he said, let's try this clonidine, which is the regular immediate release that helped to get him to sleep, but he wasn't staying asleep. And there he was up at night and he was kicking the walls, as I explained in the last episode. So that wasn't 100% working. Um, And then during the day, because he wasn't sleeping, he was having even more meltdowns and he wasn't focused and it was just getting worse and worse. So now we're at, so we had to actually, this was very, very interesting. We had to teach Jackson how to swallow pills. So again, he just turned six in November. I don't think I learned how to swallow pills when I was six. I think I was in my teens before I was able to do it. My six-year-old is rock star, and he learned in one session with his therapist. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yep, easy peasy, and he's never had a problem with it. So they can give him an extended release. So he gets an extended release clonidine during the day in the morning that is about a 12-hour thing. So it releases a little bit of medication to him throughout the day. Then at night, we give him another extended release and a half of an immediate release. So that will help him sort of calm down to go to sleep. And then we give him melatonin. Again, all of this is under a doctor's supervision, right? So I'm not just like willy-nilly doing this. And, you know, he checks in on us and we check in with him. So this has worked better. When he wakes up in the middle of the night or if he is really having a hard time calming down to go to sleep, I will sometimes give him that second half of that immediate release. And that seems to be enough of a dose to just push him over the edge to help him calm down. But that's after him being awake for a good two hours and just not being able to go to sleep and me asking him, hey, bud, you seem to be having a hard time calming down. Do you want something to help you fall asleep? And he'll, every single time he says yes, every time. And then if he wakes up in the middle of the night, it's the same thing. I do think that once we got him to poop on the toilet, that has made a huge difference. So I know that even though he does still poop at night and he's, you know, he's still in a pull up at night, I do think that having to go during the day and constantly going, you know, throughout the day, he's getting rid of whatever's inside of him that's probably, you know, 
uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but like when I got to go, like having it inside me for that whole day has got to not be easy to regulate. So I think all of those pieces involved have made it better. And we've had a little bit better time recently. I knock wood because it changes constantly with our kids. So to recap, he's on medication. I did try a whole bunch of things uh, to try to help him without going the medication route but he really needs it and like I've said in the past I wouldn't if my kid had diabetes I certainly wouldn't deny him insulin because essential oils are good like that just doesn't make sense to me he needs it his brain is wired differently with the ADHD especially he needs medication when he hits uh I think when he hits seven they can introduce a stimulant I think they want to wait until his body and his brain are a little bit more mature before we do that in Jackson's case, I think it's going to be a world of difference. The two things that I think are going to make a difference for him are when he cha- when he gets to take a, the right stimulant, the right dosage of medication f- stimulant for him It is going to help him focus in school. And then the minute that he figures out that he can read and use words to help get out what he wants to say and what he wants to express, if he can use language whether it's the written word or what if he can figure it out it's going to open all doors for him I think his whole life is going to change um so we're just hanging on for those days for when that happens for him because I think we're going to see a huge shift in him and I think he's going to be a much happier kid I mean he's a fairly happy child considering all of the challenges that he goes through this kid goes through so much in a day I mean so much more than we even can see and I know that I'm struggling with keeping my temper, keeping my cool, keeping my calm and really seeing him for having him going through stuff rather than me thinking he's giving me a hard time. So I'm working on that myself because I feel like I got to work on myself on that because I've lost my temper and my patience has been so thin. Uh, So I just recently downloaded a book that was recommended called The Conscious Parent. So I'm going to listen to that. Now, I'll, I'll give you an update if I if it's if I think it's actually good. I I listened to a a podcast called Katie's Crib. Those of you who are scandal watchers, Katie Lowe's does a wonderful podcast about motherhood and she basically started it when her baby was a baby. I think her baby is now one or at least where I'm at in season two. She's the baby's a year old at least. And she had this author on to talk about her book and talking about this experience of reading it and Carrie Washington telling her that this was the only book that she needed to read for parenting. So she did. And then she had the author on, which was really great. So I learned a lot. And uh, John actually agreed to listen to it with me. So I feel like both of us are finding ourselves overly responsive in an emotional way and again you can't change how you emotionally respond but you can change how you behaviorally respond to those emotions and I am falling down on the job as a parent and I'm responding in a in a negative reaction behaviorally to his emotions as though it's about me so I need to fix that. I need to fix myself so that I'm a better parent for him and I can actually be there for him and more stable so that he doesn't feel like every time he melts down, I'm going to melt down, which has kind of happened a lot lately. So I'm working on that. 
so that's where we're at. I, I love it when you have questions or if anything I said was confusing or if you want to know what the heck I mean by out-of-pocket max or any of those things. Uh, I'm more than happy to answer those questions. You can find me on the social medias by going to Facebook. You can find me at Allie Real, R-E-A-L, 2, T-O-R-E-E-L, Allie Real to Real. And then also the same thing on Instagram. And then uh, I'm in on Twitter. If you really want to find me on Twitter, I'm at the at sign Allie, A-L-I underscore Goodman. And if you found us on iTunes here and you have a minute, I would love it if you would write a review and rate us. The more ratings we get, the better our podcast shows up for other people, people who are looking for us, people who need the help. So uh, I'd love that help and boost in in that. And um, we're also on Podbean. Yay. So that's pretty much it. But please bring your questions, bring your comments. I'm more than happy to chat about it. And then uh, I think about a week and a half ago, John and I did a Facebook Live on the Alley Real to Real page talking about being you know raising a kid with special needs so I'm happy to do another one of those because we we got sort of cut short because Jordan wouldn't go to sleep so we we may bring it bring that back again if, if all of you think that's a good idea so look out for that if you follow me so yeah hit the follow button on any of those uh subscribe to this podcast and rate and review us if you have a minute and that's it for today just take it step by step Day by day, minute by minute, second by second sometimes, and hang in there. 